When Courtney was six, she hadn't yet learned about punctuation, so her journal was one long run-on sentence. Last night I went to my brother's hockey game and came home and had a glass of milk and went to bed and my mom was shopping, so she came home and I called my mom and told my mom that I was thirsty, so she got me a glass of water and I went back to bed. This morning I got up and my mom washed my hair. I like magic. That's Courtney reading some of her first grade diary, and this... This is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Hello, it's nice to see you. My name is Dan Meisner. Who here is vaguely familiar with the concept behind grown-ups read things they wrote as kids? Do you kind of know what's going on? Okay. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and this week in particular, the bittersweet parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Saskatoon, we have the pros and cons of losing your virginity, a report on the growing trend of karaoke, and an erection during the Ed Sullivan Show. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and when life feels like one long run-on sentence, this stuff is a great reminder to pause, take a breath, and reflect. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. A minute ago, we heard from Courtney, whose grade one journal was mostly one long run-on sentence. And as it turns out, punctuation was not Courtney's only challenge. As you'll hear, her journal entries were also filled with spelling mistakes and non-sequiturs. Plus, it seems she had a bit of trouble figuring out exactly where one journal entry should stop and the next one should begin. Live on stage in Saskatoon, here's Courtney. Monday, February 1st. Last night I got a hamster. The night before last night I went to my brother's hockey game. What do you call an elephant that... February 2nd. What do you call an elephant without a trunk? An alligator elephant. I whoosh. I had a gorgeous dress with glass slippers and a bow in my ear. February 18th. My favorite dwarf is dopey because he can't toke, and sleepy because he sleeps all the time, and sneezy because he sneezes all the time. Yesterday I got a valentine and a letter from my friend, and grumpy because he is grumpy. (laughs) February 19th. What kind of dog does not have a tail? A hot dog. My mom does not lick. <laughs> My mom does not lick birds because she is afraid of them. Revenge of the Nerds is on t- tonight at midnight. March 10th. I want to go skiing and go skating and I want my cousins to come over and I did not spell come correctly. <laughs> April 11th. My favorite movie is Poltergeist and Rumpelstiltskin and Goldilocks and the Three Bears and The Gate and Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> May 11th. Yesterday was my sister's birthday, but she didn't have it. She is 13. May 12th. On my TV, I have Super Channel, and in May, Creep Show 2 is on. Friday, May 13th. Today is my sister's birthday, and she is going to see Friday the 13th, Part 7. May 16th. On Friday was my sister's birthday. They couldn't see it because they were all under 18, so they got another one, and it was called Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was good. We watched it the next day again in the movie. Max, a doctor, he was introducing a girl, Nancy, May 17th. (laughs) Yesterday, I went shopping with my mom, and there was a place to get hot dogs and sundaes and drinks, and I got a drink, and when I got home, I was burping, and after supper, I was burping again. I like singing. (laughs) May 30th. 
Yesterday I went fishing with my mom, dad, and Roxanne. It was fun, but we didn't catch any fish. And when it was time to go home, I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay and catch a fish. And my dad said, I'm like my grandpa because my grandpa likes to fish and not go home. (laughs) June 1st. Yesterday was my dad's birthday and I made him a card, but I can't tell you how old he turned, but I will. He turned 43. (laughs) June 17th. I love school and my mom. Monday, June 20th. On Father's Day, my dad had to do tots of work outside. He was raking our dirt lawn and getting ready for grass and flowers. Some candy lasts a long, long time. (laughs) Wednesday, June 22nd. I like us. I like winter. I like summer, spring, and fall. I like everything, even you. I like me. I like you. I like mom. I like dad. I like Roxanne and Jason. I like my class. I like everyone. I slept on the couch last and the night before last. Tuesday was my last piano lesson. I wish it wasn't. I like them. I don't know what to write anymore. For some kids, growing up can be isolating. It's easy to feel like an outsider, that you don't fit in, that you're different somehow. Our next reader, Ambika, told me that when she was nine growing up in Saskatoon, she felt a lot of those things, partly because she was the only visible minority in her class at school. And she wrote about how that made her feel in her diary. May 19th, 1996. Dear Journal, I almost missed the school bus this morning as my brother waked up late. I went to school and Mr. Foray taught us religious class. He picked on me. I did not like that. He asked me to tell the class about India. I felt weird. Dustin started laughing, so I said, it's okay. I really don't want to. Mr. Foray told him to stop laughing. And then he told me, or asked me, how I went to temple on Sundays. He asked me which one I went to. I said, the one by my house. He asked, what religion are you, Ambika? I said, Hindu. Dustin started laughing and said that I was like Apu from The Simpsons. Mr. Foray asked Dustin to go to the hallway. This made me very happy. (laughs) Dustin is so mean and makes fun of me all the time. Why is he always being so mean to me? Is it because I'm different? For lunch, mom gave me an apple, fruit roll-up, orange, Rice and matripaneer, my favorite. I did not open it to eat it at lunch because Dustin would laugh at the smell. I don't like him. He is so mean to me. When I got home, I was hungry. I got in trouble for not finishing my lunch. I then went to soccer and my team won. What a great day. I scored a goal. That's all. I do remember how I felt at the time. Um, I felt different and I felt alone. Um, If I could go back in time and talk to nine-year-old Ambika, what I would tell her, um, soon Saskatoon will be diverse and you won't be as isolated as you may feel in school. I would tell her that uh, who gives 
the crap about Dustin and what he thinks. You'd be yourself and be proud of who you are. You have a lot to be proud of culturally and as a woman. There are many defining moments in a young man's life. For our next reader, Barry, one of those moments came on a Sunday evening in the 1950s when, as a young teenager, he saw the actress, model, and Hollywood sex symbol Jane Mansfield on television for the first time. May 26th, 1957. Last night we watched The Ed Sullivan Show, a Sunday night ritual. Dad made popcorn and I had a bowl in my lap as Mr. Sullivan introduced Jane Mansfield, who I'd never heard of. Dad did a wolf whistle and I looked up. (laughs) Mom said, why do we have to watch a no-talent woman like that for? All she has going for her is big bazooms. (laughs) Dad said she was a star on Broadway, plays violin and piano, and can't help how she looks. And he whistled again. I stared at the TV as bug-eyed as Rochester is on Jack Benny. (laughs) Mom said, Jane doesn't have to parade around with her chest out so far. And Dad saying, I love a parade. (laughs) I'd only heard Mom say bazooms when she talked about my Auntie Ruth, who who has big, jiggly, fatty boobs. (laughs) that hang real low and under her armpits. (laughs) But Jane Mansfield doesn't have bazooms. She's got poke me in the eye bigger than life tits. (laughs) As I watched my popcorn bowl move, tilted and almost fell on the floor. My pecker was getting bigger. My friend John said the same thing happened to him when he saw Rosemary Clooney in White Christmas. (laughs) And he said he gets it every day at school, and even when he looks at Betty and Veronica in the Archie comics. (laughs) He calls it a (laughs) hard-on. I wanted to see how big I got, but Mum would have seen me peeking in my pajamas, so I, I concentrated on eating my popcorn. But I couldn't help staring at Jane Mansfield. She played the violin and piano, proving Dad was right about our talents. And I wonder if she'd be my pen pal or even my music teacher. (laughs) When the Ed Sullivan show was over and Mom said it was time for bed, I was afraid my very own hard one would give me away, even though Jane had stopped playing long before that. Dad said I could finish my popcorn first, even though he saw my bowl was empty. He must have known what happened because today he gave me a book called Where Do Babies Come From? (laughs) Proving that an ill-timed erection truly is timeless. Dr. Barry Heath, ladies and gentlemen. In a lot of ways, the things we hear on stage at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids are time capsules. 
this stuff is a product of its time. And often it points not only to who we were personally as individuals, but who we were culturally. For instance, take our next reader, Danica. In 1988, she was a college student, and she was writing for the school newspaper, often about music. And at our Saskatoon show, Tanika brought along an article written just around the time that karaoke was starting to become a thing. So Danica explained this new phenomenon in an article for the school paper titled Sounds Around Town. You can be a star. This article comes to you via fax from Kelowna, B.C., where I'm joining the last minutes of reading week. The latest nightclub rage is the karaoke sing-along machine. This entertainment system offers an extensive selection of classic rock standards and popular standbys from country to hard rock and provides an opportunity for anyone to look like a star. There is something for everyone. The rage is sweeping the nation and proves that whether you are in Kelowna or Saskatoon, people everywhere just want to have fun. (laughs) Several clubs in Saskatoon, including the Kiwi Singalong and the Pat, offer this as an alternative to passive listening. Congratulations to our own Potsy, Paul Daschek, and the Saskatoon band, Educated Guest, for an enjoyable performance at Louis at the beginning of February. <laughs> the band played a good mix of good old rock and roll, college scene favorites, and original tunes. And aside from seven essays due, March looks like a great month musically. Sask Place will be the site of several major concerts, including In Excess on March 22nd. <laughs> Get your tickets early. Well, I'm still on vacation, so see you back in Saskatoon. Remember to strut your stuff at karaoke night, and until next time, keep on rocking. Our next reader, Mark, grew up in Singapore, and when he was 12, Mark's parents got a divorce. It was pretty messy and confusing, and after the divorce, Mark says he didn't see very much of his dad. At our Winnipeg show, Mark got up on stage, and he shared something written a few years later, when he was 17, reflecting back on his childhood relationship with his dad. Please welcome to our stage, Mark. My dad is an air steward, so he travels a lot, and his name is Bob. Dear Robert, I was running today. I stopped to take a break on a park bench. I sat down and rested for a while. Not long after, a fly landed on my leg. I persistently tried to swat it away, but to no avail, and that led me to think of you. How did it happen? I thought of the times I would be doing my homework in the dining room, and mosquitoes would bite us. You'd get annoyed and crawl under the table to try to kill them. You'd use my leg as bait. 
from there, I, I thought of the times you'd scold me for not writing properly and having messy handwriting, and how you'd slap my head if I don't get a math concept. Yeah, at an Asian dad. <laughs> and then I think when you told me not, how you're not going to hit me anymore. It wasn't a drive home when I was in elementary school. You probably wouldn't have seen it, but I cried. I hope you remember that drive, because I'd never forget. I miss you. I miss your nagging. I miss your comebacks. I miss your nonsense. I miss your stories. I miss your presence. I miss sending you off for a flight and giving you a hug when you come home. I miss seeing you open up your bags for us and all the things that you bring back. I remember the time you taught me how to cycle and how I cycled every day after. I wish you followed me more often so that we could spend more time together. I re even remember the first time you bought me my first model racing car. You didn't want to spend money on parts, but eventually you gave into it. You even bought me a toolbox. And just as we were moving out, that was the last thing I had to remind me of you. Remember when I told you at Superpowers? You went along with it. Sarah, my sister, was very skeptical. <laughs> I miss your terrible driving. I miss the time you drove into the back of a lorry. <laughs> we could only get in from one side, and I had to follow you down to the workshop to pick up the car. You told me that you can't take me on any of your flights because you're traveling to Dubai and India. Are you? I really miss you, and by some gods and miracle, I hope that you really know that I may be 17, but I still need you. You may have been gone for five years, but you've left the 12-year-old boy alone. After the show, Mark told me that his relationship with his dad is still difficult, but that they do talk from time to time, which is a lot more than when Mark was a kid. Joining us on stage right now, Catherine is going to read a list. She wrote this when she was 15 years old and contemplating losing her virginity. So this is a pros and cons list for having sex. Please welcome to our stage, Catherine. A quick heads up here, Catherine does include a few cuss words, which we do not bleep. There's your heads up. Here's Catherine. Okay, just a few points. My diary's name is Joel, and I reference a card, and that's my chastity card that I signed a few months before. <laughs> Dear Joel, September 27th, 1998, 8.15 p.m. You talked to Nathan today. He's doing pros and cons of us having sex, too. Only his cons are of me getting pregnant. Yours are of whether you are ready or not, whether you want to give up chastity girling and your virginity. I'm going to tell you a story of you having sex, okay? 
Cat and mate have sex and are good. No regrets. It works out good and they break up. And Cat is all right with it, but then she hopes on the bus and regrets having broken her vow because she did vow on her card. Fuck. Anyway, she falls, <laughs> she falls in love with this perfect guy at Bible school and they're going to get married. <laughs> but of course she has to tell him that she isn't a virgin and she can't wear white for their wedding. Besides, he doesn't want to marry her because she is not a virgin. So he breaks everything off. She cries because she has lost her true love. But he didn't really love her because he dumped her over a minor thing like that. <laughs> Which can be major, only that it isn't worth breaking love over. Is love possible? I don't think it is. I think that love is some stupid theory a crazy person made up. No one falls in love. Love is the absence of pain. It is such a cliche. I hate love. Love is pain. <laughs> love is loss. You don't experience love until it is gone. I hate it. Religion. That is what else I hate. That is what the church is becoming to me. Fucking dumb shit. Time for your pro-con chart. The pros and cons of having sex with Nathan. The pros, enjoy it. Get it over with. You want it. Maybe a very good decision and you might grow as a girl person. The cons, could get pregnant and or STDs. Regrets, break your chastity vow. Lose it forever. You are still on cloud nine and can't see the ground. Can't wear white, added later in blue pen. <laughs> the main question here is, do you want it? However, Kat, you may not have to worry about sex for a while, since Nathan can't keep it up. <laughs> Dumb fuck chronic with no sex drive. Kat, you are really, really, and I mean really cute. I would totally date you if I wasn't you. Thank you. After the show, Catherine called in to reflect on who she was and how she made decisions when she was 15. I feel really proud of Catherine for taking the decision uh, so seriously and with responsibility. I also remember feeling really guilty about having sex and choosing to be sexually active and I felt that God hated me and if I could go back to 15-year-old Catherine, I'd tell her that God doesn't hate you and it's okay, just be responsible about it, which I definitely was, I feel. Also that sex is a way of expressing love and if you're careful, it can be a really wonderful thing. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Refinery in Saskatoon and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lolitone. Special thanks to Kirby Werchenko and the Broadway Theatre. I would love to hear the stuff you wrote when you were a kid. 
for tour dates and details on how you can sign up, join the email newsletter. You can sign up at our website, grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com, or follow the link in the show notes to this episode. There's also a link to photos of all the readers at our Saskatoon show. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.